right, good morning. Good morning. Right, today is episode 37, no, yes, 37, I'm going to use. Yeah, so you have no idea. No, I've lost count. A bit different today because we have another guest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the guest. Uh, so this is Stuart Pierce, um, and Stuart has written a book called Can't Sell, Won't Sell. And um, we invited Stuart onto the podcast because... As we spoke about in yesterday's podcast, episode 36, (laughs) um, that uh, sales is very much a skill that you learn rather than a a talent that you're born with, which is what most people think, you know, that that phrase, the born salesman that that is kind of banded around, um, doesn't really exist. And that is very much um, Stuart singing off the same hymn sheet. So Yeah, he literally takes people who can't sell or won't sell, which is the name of his book that's just come out. And... um, and just basically takes them through all the steps of, it's a really interesting, well, just become a salesperson. And it was a really interesting chat because he kind of demystified some of the issues around selling. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people at the moment of time that are either starting a new sales venture or they might be way more hands on in their business when it comes to sales than they may previously have been. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of things to learn from Stuart on this one. Cool. So, Enjoy. Enjoy. So hi Stuart, welcome to the show, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. (laughs) And I found you because I saw you were promoting a book on LinkedIn, um, which is all about sales. So that's why we wanted you um, on the show, because we're firm believers. (laughs) So for those listening... I'm happy to have one ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so for those listening, Stuart's just shown us the Can't Sell, Won't Sell uh, cover of his book. Um, and I loved that because we're firm believers that sales is very much a skill that can be taught and not a talent you were kind of born with. Which... Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit about your background, first of all. Okay, so my, my background is a weird one. Um, <laughs> I uh, left school and went into printing um, because while I was brought up in Gloucester, there were two choices of jobs. It was basically going to work for Downsy Engineering or Walls Ice Cream Factory. Didn't fancy either of those. I thought, oh, printing, that would be a giggle. Liked art, you know. No idea what I was doing, really. Um, did that for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, you know, I had years of people saying to me, oh, you should be in sales. They give me, you know, with a mouth like yours, except the usual sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> Gifted the gap, all those usual sorts of comments. And I was very much the thought, thought that, well, I, I don't want to sit back when I'm 50 and go, oh, I could have been, you know. I thought, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have a stab at it. If I fall on my bum, then I do. If it works, bonus. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, nobody in their right mind is going to give, you know, me with no background, you know, the usual company car, phone, lab, all that sort of stuff. So I'll do telesales because that seems easier. <laughs> um, and, and back then, 20 years ago, that was the way into field sales. You did telesales first yeah. and ended up going out in the field. That was yeah. how it was done. Um, turns out I was quite good at the old telesales thing. Um, and, and, and every... Again, back then, every sales rep you saw was a, a, an overweight middle-aged man in a pinstripe suit that lived in his car. Again, not an overly inviting, uh, you know, yeah, job, exactly. job spec. Um, so I stuck with the telesales because it meant I didn't have to put a suit on and it meant I didn't have to shave and et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in sales. Um, from there, kind of went through. Uh, I mean, I've done stuff like I presented karaoke when that was in its height. Um, I've been a doorman. All, all of those things are sort of like customer facing and being able to read people and all that. So, I mean, 
if you don't read people correctly when you're a doorman, it can go terribly wrong, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, and I ended up as a trainer. Um, the, the story behind that was I ended up running a telesales team. My career in sales kind of, I went through the usual, you know, agent and then account manager, all that. I ended up running a, a 25-person telesales team. Um, and we did a couple of well for a couple of years, you know, had a, a few could spare. So the boss goes, you know what, I'll get a trainer in. I immediately went, perfect, some piece of work, get on some paperwork. You know, they can leave me alone, I can get on some work, you know, yeah. as you do. Um, the guys came out of the, this kind of afternoon of a sales train with this chap, and the, the MD says, oh, how was it? And the girl goes, yeah, it was all right. She goes, all right, all right. I've just spent two and a half grand. I want more than all right. I want fireworks sort of thing, you know. <laughs> um, and they said, well, you know, the, the guy was good. It was good stuff, but he didn't tell us anything that Stu doesn't tell us every day. Wow. And I went, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> he just got paid two and a half grand for an afternoon. Yeah. I'm working six, sometimes seven days a week for the same. Yeah. One of us has mug on his forehead and I don't think it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went, I went home to my, my then wife and went, I'm going to be trained myself. She would do, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> he said this is on, you know. Um, so I kind of looked at you and that was the, the leap. It was, it was that simple the way I ended up working for myself freelancing I, like, I can do that you know as you do yeah. <laughs> um just having to move house um just had a newborn baby i think i'll go work for myself <laughs> dumbest idea ever um <laughs> no planning involved you know um and i just ended up talking because i've been in this sort of industry for a, a few years so knew some people and like people had gone oh you can do some training for us i'll take a day off you know that sort of stuff so i've been dabbling at it if you like yeah I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to make the leap. It'll be fine, you know? It took three months to get my first client, mm-hmm. which was, oddly enough, as a non-football supporter, was Britta City Football Club, <laughs> which my brother thought was hilarious, you know? <laughs> of all the people I could have the client, it was a football team, you know? Um, and that, to give the, you know, all your good side, I got two grand for four afternoons' work. Yeah. Got you. I, I, so I look back now and I think, you know, I, I wish it had been worse than that. I wish it had been a slower start. Yeah. Because when you start as a freelancer and your first gig gets you two grand for effectively two days, yeah. you're kind of like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm here yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, think, oh, this is easy. Why does everyone do it, you know? Yeah. And then reality kicks in. Mm-hmm. And the next one is £125 per day. You know, so, ah, okay, you follow easy. You know, so I sometimes wish that it had been a tougher to get started. Yeah. And had that build up, you know, so it was a bit of a, yay, oh no, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, and that's kind of how I started in it. And 20 years on, I'm, I'm still doing it. Uh, three books, or third book, just been completed. Um, I've worked in, I've been in Hong Kong, Dubai, Cape Town, all over the UK. Um, had an absolute blast. Um, and would recommend working for yourself to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's I'm interesting. I'm in that unemployable state now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's interesting hearing the how you started your journey because I think there's a lot of people. I mean, we're doing this podcast now in December of 2020, and there's a lot of people finding themselves in a position where they may not necessarily have a choice but to go and work yeah. for themselves and create some kind of income. And the way you describe that in terms of, I'm going to give that a go, and and there's no. And sometimes the start of the business is just about your belief and having faith that yeah. it will come good. You'll put the work in, but there will be a result. And it took you three months to get a result. 
and there, and there's a lot of pain and worry that happens in that time. I would imagine as there is with all of us. But yeah, and I think the mistake people think when they start in business or they have a business idea that there's this roadmap that and it's really obvious and everybody that like you're 20 years in, and yeah. and you started as chaotic as all of us does really, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, it, and even now, 20 years in, I, I, you learn every day. You know, I mean, I mean, this year has been a perfect example. And I've said to lots of clients and other businesses I speak to over this last sort of year, can I suggest that, because a lot of clients I have have in-house trainers. But forgive me to all of those concerns, but they are generally more like subject matter experts. Right. So they know their own business or their part of the business they work in. But if you put them through a commercial training environment, they are a bit lost. Yeah. Because you say, and, and forgive me, but you know, I would class them more as subject matter experts. They know all about the bit they train on. Yeah. But outside of that, they, they flounder slightly, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said to lots of them, look, can I suggest, recommend wholeheartedly to all of you, deliver some training of a video, mm-hmm. because it absolutely changes the way you deliver things. Yeah. But I know this is obvious, but a video and a classroom are not the same thing. You cannot deliver on video how you would in a classroom. It right. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've had to adapt. I've done things in video the last couple of years. I, I did a, I sat in Hong Kong doing a five-day induction of a video in, in Cape Town, Dubai, et cetera. So I was kind of used to it. I did kind of get the feeling that UK was about three years behind everyone else. Yeah. Because it took a good month or two for UK clients to go, oh, maybe this is okay to do it this way. Yeah. Because they'd all spent days and hours on Zoom through the week, they got used to it. Exactly. Because you know, so, but it, you know, there's. You often hear the thing where people say, "Oh, we're going to have kids. We're going to wait till it's right." Yeah. Same with businesses. Oh, I'll wait. And you can you can plan too much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I suspect that my way of doing it was a bit other end of the scale. Like, yeah, I'll have to go with that. You know, sort of something. Yeah. But, and and luckily, it's worked. You know, but. You know, you can kind of plan and, and, and wait too much and too long, and then you run out of time. Yeah. Exactly. And through your reference points for um, like how to achieve success are completely wrong when you start. Because your reference, especially oh, yeah. <laughs> for being in employment, right? Because all your reference points are based on what your manager's told you, your peers have told you, and everything else. So yeah. How on earth can you determine success or failure in a business venture that doesn't include any of those pillars at all it's like it's you it is absolutely a leap of faith and one of the one of the reasons why we were very keen to get yourself on onto the podcast was the sales piece in in business especially when you start is everything like it's just if, if you can't communicate effectively the value of your product or service then you'll never you never go anywhere Right? Exactly. Yes, yeah, a can't sell, won't sell the book. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. One of the things I said, it's, it's on the back of the book. Most people who get into business go into that business because they like doing that thing or they're good at that thing. Yeah. They don't get into that business to sell it to someone else. Yes. And the, the, the analogy I use when I do things like this or I do networking or I'm speaking at events is, right, Lee, you know, go over there and tell Kate okay, what you do for a living, yeah. what your business does. And you'd be happy with that. I can do that for a good hour, Stu, not a problem. But if I say to you, now go and do it to the person next to her and halfway through that conversation, ask them to give you money to do it for them, 
Mm. Everyone goes into panic. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. And the difficulty we have, and most of what this this book came off the back of training I've been doing with small business owners, one man bands like us, who whose first sort of thing to do isn't sales. So it's a whole other coaching program that lasts for three or four weeks that gets them, and, and the, the kind of can't sell bit is easy because let's be fair, even before I started, the principles of sales haven't changed in hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, it's still handle objections, features and benefits, open, all that stuff's still there and yeah. will be long after I'm gone. The won't sell bit is a psychological side. Yeah. It's the bit where, and I've done it where I've listened to training calls and they'll go, chat, 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 report, report, small talk, and then they go, I've got a pitch now. <laughs> and you, you almost hear it in their voice. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest problem. That's what most of it is in the book, is to get past that because you separate the two out you make it an issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a conversation and your pitch should be an extension of the conversation you start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People say to me, oh, how long to build a rapport? Well, I don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. yeah. How well do you know them? What do you know about them? Yeah. You know, if you've known them for years, rapport is going to be easy. If you've just met them, it's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. You're so right in the distinction between... Um, like the rapport building and the, then the pitch uh, because the excuse me a second if anybody's watching or listening to this right now there we have two cockerels outside <laughs> our, our house who are just I'm going to just shut that door a second two seconds of it's, it's, it's not my stomach rumbling because I haven't had breakfast yet it's someone else <laughs> they're not normally that noisy no, what's wrong with them the, the both of them have determined to stand outside our yeah. front door and just yell um, so sorry about that but the, um, <laughs> yeah. when they lose each other, it's like, I'm over here. Did he want to learn to sell as well, you see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> um, I was born on a farm, doesn't bother me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, fair enough. Well, the, um, yeah, so coming back to what I was saying is uh, when I used to be in banking back in the day and yep. um, part of my role was is, is one of the management team was to look after people in the sales process. And we yep. see it and I saw exactly that same behavior you just described in terms of, Oh, no, 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 I'm all about customer service. Don't get me into sales. Don't get me trying to sell. I'm just about customer service. And we see the same with our franchises in Smiley Booth, don't we? When, yeah. when They're really passionate about... So Smiley Booth is our photo booth hire company, and we have franchisees around the UK and in Europe. And we'll talk to them about, okay, getting the sale... And they're like, yeah. oh, no, 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 I'm all about service. Some of yeah. them are, aren't they? They're all about, oh, it's really important that they get the best possible service. And it's like, well, just communicate that. That's what you're, that's effectively what you're selling. But, but the difficulty is, Lee, and, and that's great, and it's good to be in a business, good to be all about customer service and looking after customers. Of course it is. But if you don't sell to anybody, you have no customers to look after in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hate to burst their bubble, you know, but yeah. Yeah. there is, I, I, I struggle every time. I cannot think of a single business that doesn't have to sell to customers to get them. Yeah. And, and somebody said to me, oh, about funeral director. Well, you okay. They have a queue of customers, but there's more than one. Yes. In every town. So they have to be better, you know, so that every business has to sell, whether you're a one-man band plumber or whether you're a multinational, you are still selling. And of course, good customer service is brilliant. Yeah. And hugely important because that's how you keep your customers. Yeah. But you have to get them in the first place to go to keep them. Yeah, yeah and I think people also, um, interestingly, they rely, they think their marketing is going to do all of that for them. 
It's like if I just make the perfect leaflet or I make the perfect email, or if I, then I don't have to do the sales bit. Yeah. Like something else would... And yes. you and I were talking about this yesterday, weren't we? You were yeah. writing out an email to somebody mm-hmm. and we both looked at it and we were like, you're asking that email to do everything. Yeah, I've given in- them all the information rather than trying to just get them to come back to me. When yeah. In the end, I took out three quarters of it. Yeah. And yes, there's a perfect email and I write a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're about the same level, you know? And it's, yeah. it's it, it, I mean, it, it was a joke. My sister was in earlier, my sister was in, in PR when she worked, um, and, and I was in sales. And we joked that she'd make it look pretty, and I'd convince me it was really pretty, you know? <laughs> and, but, but, you know, there's only so much you can say with the written word or with a picture. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's a prompt rather than, very rarely, and I'm sure you guys would agree with this, will you send an email and they'll go, wow, yes, I'll buy that. Yeah. It happens, of course it does, if you catch them at the right time. Yeah. But generally, marketing is a prompt. It's a nudge. It's a, here we are, yeah. come and talk to us. Yeah. And then you get into sales. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say in your experience of coaching people in the sales place, what would you say is one of the most common or one of the most challenging things to try and get around to take someone from definitely not to okay they're doing all right now there's a couple of things and it's dependent on how long they've been in sales right so if you've got somebody who's been in sales for a couple of years they know everything Mm -hmm. right and they convince themselves that the customer needs to know everything and and generally there's a reason that sales will move on after a couple of years Mm -hmm. because they get to that point of saturation where they know all about the product or the service and their pitch has become too long and too boring. Right. Because they've decided that you should, as a customer should know all the things that I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one end of the scale. The other end of the scale is the, the newbie to sales, who knows nothing about it, will take in everything you tell them, but then struggle to act on it. Right. Because again, they're separating that report from the pitch. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I'm going to go back to it, Lee. You know, that, that is one of the biggest hurdles you have with new salespeople is then getting past the conversation part and into the pitch. Gotcha. Because they separate out the two. And yet if you call them as one, so the conversation starts with, hi Lee, how are you doing? How are the cat, you know, through to, and then suddenly you're you're pitching and you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah. The person you're speaking to shouldn't notice you've gone from chatting to your pitch. Yeah. See, I'm probably... That sounds really underhand, doesn't it? <laughs> no, 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 Because I mean, you're more of a natural affinity to sales, whereas I've been one of those people that's always had it in my head that there's this blocker. And you're right, you've got those two portions, but I've always kind of, because I'm nervous about the pitch and I know it's coming, I kind of almost skip over the rapport bit because I, I need to get the pitch out of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. With, with new sales, so we all know what features and benefits are. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess, yeah. Um, and, and everybody will have those different ones. Well, actually, let the, me stop you the, there because uh, there may be people that don't understand the difference. Because when we've done our franchise okay. training and we've talked about features and benefits, sometimes people get the two very yes. mixed up. So it might be worth you just highlighting the key of distinctions. Course. Okay, let, let, me, let me do the, um, the short version of the story then. So... There are features and benefits. Every product or service will have features and benefits. So the features are the technical parts. It's the, it's the content on the side of the box. It's just things that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah? The benefits are what you as a customer get out of it. 
So the, the easiest way I've ever seen to join those two together is you go, it, it's a feature, which means a benefit. Mm-hmm. So it does this, so you get this. Yeah. That, that's kind of how that works. People, so, it, so like features are logic, benefits are emotion. Nobody, but nobody buys on logic. Yeah. Even if they are thinking logically towards it, that final decision will be on emotion. Yeah. What do they get of it? Will it make their life easier? Will it make their life more efficient? Will it be cost effective? Those kinds of things. Yeah, what's I, 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 Yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. There, there's a story I always tell when I do this in, in sales training, so forgive me for a second. But get up one Saturday morning, other half says, we have to go and buy a new fridge Of course, I, I jump out of bed, you know, <laughs> um, ready to go. Um, and off we go to all the... I, I don't even know what shop we bought in the end because we went to all of these shops. And we end up in Comet, we'll say, and we're sitting in front of these two fridge freezers. Same size, same capacity, same energy rating, all this identical, except one is white and one is that kind of silvery grey they do. Yeah. And it's about 50 quid more expensive. And I always go, which one do we buy? Everyone goes, the grey one. And I go, take a guess at why we did. And they go, oh, I don't like it. Because, and I kid you not, <laughs> because the grey fridge freezer at 50 pound more matched the handles on the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that is not logical. No. That is pure emotion. Yeah. And it's funny, when I do it, all the girls go, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the boats are like, oh, you know? Yeah. But, but, but that's it. That's feats and benefits at its best. People buying an emotion. So there will be features to your product or service that give benefits to the customer. Yeah. The trick is, within that conversation you're having, to pick out which benefits will suit them best and use just those. There yeah. could be 10. Mm-hmm. To go back to the question about the problems, what happens with new salespeople is they insist on telling every single person they speak to all 10 benefits. Yes. And people switch off because only four of them are of interest to them. Yeah. So the conversation we're talking about that you have with them, the rapport and all that kind of stuff, that allows you in your mind to work out which of the three or four benefits you've got on your list are best for Lee, mm-hmm. and those are the ones you tell Lee about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not going to so remember I, I everything the, you say, right? They're not going to, in the conversation, no. they're thinking about a million different things, like what they're going to say next and all this kind of stuff. I always use a comparison about, like, when my mum was alive, both Turner, every Sunday night at six o'clock without fail. Well, she'd pick up the phone and go, hi, Stu, assuming it was me, you know? And if I didn't, so I was there. And we talked for 10 minutes or an hour, depending on how the week had been. And I say to you, I promise you, if you asked her an hour later what we talked about, if we're lucky, she'll remember half of it. Yeah. And that's my own mother. Yeah. It's human nature. So imagine what that's like when you've never met before. Yeah. Who's just heard this for the first time. There's a thing I always recommend called last heard, first remembered, which is if there's something important you want them to, want to stick in their mind when you finish that conversation, that's the last thing you say. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah I that. So, for example, if, you make it, if I'm making an appointment with you that's next Tuesday at 10, that's the last thing I say to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing I want you to stick in your mind. And all those, this is all the kind of won't sell stuff, you know, it's the psychology around it and, and um, all those things you can say and, and phrases you can use and tones you can use, all that kind of stuff. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. I can, I can give you a sheet of paper on how to handle objection. Yeah. So you can read and work out for yourself. But actually, the fun stuff is the psychology behind it and, and why you say certain things in certain ways, you know. So why do you think, given the, 
sales, there's a lot, if you look at sales really analytically, right, in terms of it's an activity where you are talking about adding value to somebody else's life, right, that you yeah. get that you get to do the thing that you love doing and you get financially rewarded for and there's a reciprocal yeah. kind of goodwill that goes on because of that activity, right? So yeah. there's so many positives in, in doing it. Why do you think that people have so many hang-ups about doing it? Because it's, it's, I would say, in all my experience, the number, the percentage of people that are comfortable in sales versus those that are not are far smaller, right? Yeah, analytically, you'd think it should be the other way around because it's, it should be a wholly positive activity. So why do you think people have such a problem with it? It, it is a positive activity, but it's not a natural activity. Right. Now, I will always joke, and again, it's in the book, to refer to that again, we're all born as salespeople. We just lose it over years. We do other things, or our confidence get knocked, or whatever. And, and there's a, a story I put in the book, was that, you know, when you're five years old, and you want an ice cream, <laughs> you ask mum. If she says no, you ask dad. Yeah. If that doesn't work, because he had mum say no, at five years old, what do you do? You throw yourself on the floor, you throw a fit, until yeah. you get your ice cream. Yeah. That, boys and girls, is sales. <laughs> you found a need. Now, their need was for you to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's what they needed, for you to stop doing that in the middle of the shop. Yeah. So you got what you wanted. They got what everybody wins. Yeah. The problem we have is as we get older and we learn other things and we get good at things, we lose that ability. And, and there's, I hear it all the time about born salespeople. Mm. Forgive me, that's rubbish. Yeah. Utter rubbish. There are no natural. So there are naturally confident people, mm-hmm. and there are people who are happier around people more than others. Yeah. And we are shining. So all those is personality trait. There is no such thing as a born salesperson because there are skills you have to learn that back up your personality that help you to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's about that sort of the technical side, but sort of the, you know the features, benefits, suppose, questions, all those sort of things. You can that that's textbook stuff if you like. You can read about that. The skill comes by taking that personality you've already got, the confidence or whatever else it might be, with technical know-how, putting the two together, and that's how you get that salesman. Yeah. The whole obviously Eskimos stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? My I'm sure hanging this, my brother worked at Comet actually, and you tell all of us in the family every time we could what a great salesman he was. And I said, I hate to, you know, break this to you, bruv, but People come to your shop to buy something. <laughs> yeah. What you do is you say, no, that TV is better for you and you want to buy a warranty for 30 quid. Yeah. That's not sales. That's what my old boss would call a milkman. Yeah. You're an order taker. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Because he convinced us a great salesman and then tried to sell cars <laughs> and failed miserably because that's sales. Yeah. Standing on a car forecourt on a flog on a new Cortina, that's sales. Yeah. And it's purest form of you know. Um, yes, they come in to buy a car. You've got 35 from your forecourt. Now you've got to convince them the best one for them. But off the back of the conversation, you have with them. Yeah. So they're varying degrees of salesperson, if you like. Yeah, yeah. But I would always say there's no such thing as a born salesperson. No. We have that ability to get what we want when we're children. We just lose it as we get older and other things take over. And how would you advise somebody that is underconfident or an introvert in sales? How do you kind of bring those elements out of them? There, there's a couple of 
plenty of things we can do in a training session, but it's mainly about, it's kind of like, right, do you know about your product or your service? Mm-hmm. You know, could you do that, that first conversation about going to tell Lee what you're doing? You can do that, but yes, you can. Right. So you can talk quite happily about your business you're in or, or your the service you offer. That bit you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, there's three, there's three questions that I put in the book that I always ask when I start doing sales coaching. Three things I ask them. Do you, you know, do you like the stuff that you do? You know, do you understand your product? Does it work for you? Um, what, when you send something, does it benefit them? You know, is it a good product? Yes. When you, when someone buys you, are they going to benefit from it? Yes, they are. And after you sort of, do, do you feel, I shan't use the word I'm going to use, um, do you feel horrible um, after you sold it to them? And if you can answer yes, yes, and no, then you answer the way there. Mm-hmm. So you've got a good product that you believe in. People will benefit when they buy it from you, and you don't feel, you know, dirty and ashamed when you sold it to them. Mm-hmm. That's a fairly good start. Yeah. Instead of at the beginning, most people are in business do so because they are good at something. So they know about that business. They're a good web designer, or they're a good whatever else it might be. Yeah. The difficulty is taking the confidence they have in knowing about their business. You ever have that conversation with someone else about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you do, there's a, um, I'm sure what I'm saying, the lady I do some training with who does um, kind of the virtual PA stuff. And I was doing this coaching, and the first session was all like two hours. Let's, let's get it all out, that sort of thing, you know. Um, and she said this line, I might get this wrong, but it's something like, um, I can give you more hours in your day and more days in your week. You know, but I can't sell to people. I was like, are you kidding? That line says it all. Yeah. That's the perfect line. Yeah. I said, if you finish that by saying, right, so if I give you more hours of day, more days in your week, would that be great? If you had an extra five hours a week, what could you do? Yeah, yeah. That's 20 hours a month extra I can yeah. give you. That's three days. And you start doing that and they start going, oh, <laughs> I said, so please don't tell me you can't sell. Because that was your, I didn't make up that line. That was your line. Yeah. You made up that line in the, in the because I was making them to write, pick me a pitch for So that's your line. But that says it's all about your business. Yeah. That gives me, in one sentence, an understanding of what you can do for me. Yeah. So we just built her pitch off the back of that one line. Nice. I had a session with the other day. It works. It works. We know it does. We knew it would. You know, where she had or like that. You know, I said, see, just that one line. So her confidence is now massive in her business. And off the back of that one sentence, she's now built a whole delivery pitch that is a, so the, the pitch she did when I first spoke to her, the one she did last week, off the back of all this, so different. Yeah. It's a conversation. She just chats to you about, you know, the problems you have. Okay. And it's things like, okay, so, you know, the three things that about, about this is this, which is your, but she's now having the whole conversation and it's all based on that one sentence. Yeah. And I think, you make a really good point there in that example in that she's creating value for that person right she's not she's not the mistake i think people that have this idea of i can't sell or they won't sell or whatever it is is they feel in the the, the conversations i've had with people that are like that feel like in some way that they're manipulating somebody and by understanding yes. the techniques and skills yeah. that you're you're coercing someone or or getting someone to do something against their will, and it's like, well, that's fundamentally you should never be speaking to somebody who 
in your business that don't, won't benefit from the service that you're delivering, right? If you are, then your yeah. marketing's completely pants and you should redo the whole thing. Everybody that you're... This yeah. you should, something, Something's going wrong somewhere, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so yeah that, absolutely. And, and, and let's be fair, because you are, to a certain extent, persuading someone to do something they didn't want to do or hadn't thought of doing an hour ago. Right. So, so let, you know, let's cards on the table. Sales is about me persuading you that what I have is going to benefit you. Yeah. And I'm going to give some value. If I don't do that right, you're not going to buy it. Yeah. But there is a certain amount of coercion, if you like to use your word, Lee. Yeah. Because people often don't realize that there's a problem. Yeah. Or they know the problem, they don't, they don't know what to do about fixing it. But it goes back to if you if you cannot create value within that sales club that you have, then they're not buying anyway. Yeah. So you mentioned about um, objection handling. One of yeah. the, I would say, the biggest objection handling issues I've seen across all, like whether it's in our businesses, with, with when franchisees are having conversations with people or in my previous work and when I used to work in banks years and years ago, um, it's the time thing. When people turn around and say, well, they can't close it there and then, and the person's like, I need to go away and think about it. I need, to, I need and to talk to my other half. Yeah, and, it's, and they at. add, and, the, and yeah, so the, the, the person they're communicating, the potential customer is just trying to add loads more space, loads more time between you and the purchase, right? And so, and that's a common problem, right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you see that problem and um, how do you see managing it? Yeah, yeah. How do you <clears throat> mitigate for that? Right, well, okay. So, so the first thing to establish now is to why they do that. Right. You don't understand why they're adding extra time in or wanting to, 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 to then then it's not worth trying to assess it. So the re- generally, the reason people are not saying yes now for whatever reason, got to check with, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry, the reason is you've not created enough value in the conversation you have with them. Right. So if they don't see the value, they want to go and ask somebody else and get a second opinion. So the reason that happens is because you've not created enough value. Got you. And to get a sale, they have to trust you. They have to trust your product and they have to see the value. Yeah. So the only way you can get past that situation is by creating value in the first place. Because yeah, some people I've seen. So there is no. So I was just going to say. There is no instances. one answer to that. <laughs> no, well, I was going to say. Uh, um, I've seen some instances where people throw the baby out with the bathwater, and they start like randomly throwing in discounts and everything, just in the hope of holding on to that conversation. Yeah. And that feeds into exactly what you just said about you're trying to find some other way of adding value, and it's just falling apart around yeah. them, right? But yeah, because at that point it's too late. Got you. Yeah. If, if they've said, "I need to go and check with so and so, whoever it may be," at that point, you, you've lost value. It's too late to try and get it now. Yeah. Because they've not seen it. They've moved on. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do in that situation is go, "Yeah, not a problem. I understand why you want to, you know, get a second opinion." Um, <clears throat> let me put it a different way. When I do sales training, I ask the question, "What is closing?" Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you two, what's your definition of closing? 
um, that <laughs> you uh, oh nice nice pass of the I buck there Lise you can answer this one <laughs> I heard you go and I was like okay you beat me there <laughs> Um, so closing the sale. Just yeah. a lovely, a quick, a quick stare straight across the gate and ignore it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> uh, so closing to me is 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 asking for the sale. I guess Ask, asking for that final. Right. You know, in simple terms, yeah. do you want? And that's the same answer I get every time I ask it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the standard answer. It's getting the check and got that. And and absolutely, that's right. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you look at it this way, closing is you getting commitment from your customer, your prospect. To go to the next stage. Okay. Now, if that is, I want to go on and speak to so and so. You're great, no problem. You go do that, and let's catch up in a couple of days, shall we? When are you free on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. So, get, commit, gaining commitment is what a close is. So, yes, you're right, Kate. When they say yes, for how much is it? I'll buy it. Yes, of course, that's a close. Mm-hmm. You've gained commitment from them to, to pay money for it. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you close, you can close before that, and then very often you might have to. You may have to uh, make a phone call first book an appointment and then go and see them mm-hmm. well that getting an appointment that's a close that's one step closer right yeah but everybody assumes that my, my you know the golden fleet is it close at the end of me getting the check yeah if you think of it that way that's all that's on your mind mm-hmm. and that's why you're panicking mm, yeah. that's why the pitch and the report become a separate piece because you're so concerned about getting the money at the end getting the order yeah you don't pay attention to the other stuff Therefore, you don't add value because you're rushing to the end. Yeah. Therefore, they go, let me check with Fred. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's our caretaker. <laughs> yeah. And that feeling that you just described, that panic that happens and that pressure um, it, uh, is what stops people keep stepping up, right? Because mm-hmm. one of the things with sales a lot of the time is, this, especially if you have um, a marketing process that is delivering you leads on a daily basis that requires a very yeah. set set a certain set like you have to right they get an email they get a call at this point when they take this yeah. action and stuff you've got to constantly step up and make those calls to actually get the conversions and we yeah. have seen so many small business owners who build up in their mind that pressure that panic that you've described and they don't yeah. do that thing of just picking up the phone yeah. and they waste a huge amount of money a huge amount of time and massive amounts of opportunity just because they just didn't do that yeah and it's People yes. don't mind being sold to. Yeah. They just want to be sold to properly. Yes. Yeah. They don't want you to make a half-hearted attempt and then moan when they didn't say yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, we, we all have to buy things for our business to survive. I mean, you know, office supplies, I've sold that back in the day. You know, people have to buy that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Bristol, where I was at the time, even back then, there were like 30 different office supply sellers for Bristol. Mm-hmm. Bristol's not that big. So it's quite cutthroat, mm-hmm. you know. So you have to kind of stand out above everyone else or be better or better customers or whatever else it might be, you know. But it's a, you know, it is an odd one that people do break down that difference between having a conversation and, and having a pitch. Mm. Yeah. But because everyone sees closing as the end result, that's where their mind is. So they're not paying. To, it, it's like um, Mo Farah, big fan, got to say. Um, and, and yes, of course, the end result for him is, is coming across the line first. But there is so much work goes on from first gun to going to the tape. Mm. So, so many details he has to focus on, strategies he's got to use, all that kind of stuff to get to that point where he wins. Yeah. 
And it's the same with, with sales. You can't go from, hi, Lee, write this check here. Yeah. But that's where the mindset people is. Yeah. And that's often what I have to break down. Forget that actually you want to get that order at the end. Because if you do it right in the middle and you build the value and have a good conversation and you build some trust and credibility, mm-hmm. you sometimes don't have to ask for the order. Yeah. Because you've convinced them, you've built enough value. In what you've said, they, you've built credibility and trust. That's, that's three boxes ticked. Yes. Asking yeah. the order now is quite simple. Yeah. Because so you have a relationship. Bit in baby steps before, I've always thought, oh, didn't get that one, move on kind of thing. But to break it down and make the journey longer does take But a when you do time. that, do you look back at the no mm. and try and work out why it was a no? No, probably don't. No, yeah. So then, therefore, how do you learn from it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I sounded like a dad then, didn't I? Well, you you made a really interesting point yesterday on yesterday's podcast with um, which I hadn't thought of until you said it yesterday was the idea of Zoom sales or call sales, for example, um, like certainly telephone sales calls. If you go back two three years ago and before. That was that's dominant. Mm-hmm. Like you expect your phone to go off and someone try and sell something. And <laughs> yes. But but you mentioned yesterday on yesterday's podcast that that has dropped off a cliff, yeah. and so many people now are relying so heavily on automation and paid ads on social media and AdWords or <clears throat> or website conversions and all this kind of stuff to get their sales. That so the art of picking up the phone to a client actually, if you're actually doing that in your business. It's now a standout thing. It's, it's yeah. you've got way more chance of getting hold of someone and having a conversation with someone now more than any previous year, yeah. really, right? That's an opportunity. Uh, uh, about six times a year, I see somebody on LinkedIn, right? Cold calling is dead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. No. Rubbish cold calling is, yeah. but done properly, <clears throat> we, I, I <laughs> my other half is convinced I've kept Amazon afloat in the last few months <laughs> um, with how many orders I've <laughs> which is possibly true. Um, I think most of us came from me over the last couple of months. Um, but we, we had an order go amiss a couple of weeks ago. And I just wanted to speak to somebody and say, this is what's happened. Mm-hmm. And I could not, for love and money, get through to Amazon. No, you can't. Yeah, I've tried that before. And it drove me mad. Yeah. I just wanted to speak to somebody. I didn't want, and then we had it, our, our washing machine started sounding like it was going to take off. So we had to go through. And they couldn't do my crew on the phone. I had to do it through chat. Mm-hmm. So on the phone, that would take 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, it's making a terrible noise. Can you get somebody to look at it? Fab, here's the date, perfect, you know? On the chat, it took 85 minutes oh. to arrange. For, I don't have an hour and a half to play around with. No. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm living here, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and I see these, that old cold calling dinner. No, it's not. Mm. Rubbish cold calling is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That never started in the first place. You know, the whole kind of boiler room idea. Mm. That's never going to work. Because people are used to it, you're rightly. You know, we've, we've heard it before now. But actually, if you um, phone somebody and talk to them professionally and properly and have a conversation with them, that'll work. Yeah. yeah. And it still does. Mm-hmm. And it's still, I remember sitting in a um, meeting with a client and all their, their account managers, six account managers sat on this table, and I said, they said, you know, one of them, and I said, so, all right, Lee, you know, if you, just in one town, on a good day, everything goes well, how many problems can you do? Mm. Oh, I could probably do six. Okay. On telesales, that's an hour for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I can cover, I can cover 
seven hour day, let's call it six times more than you. So I can do <clears throat> six times more contacts than you. And my conversation about how was your holiday, all that sort of stuff is a lot faster because I'm not stopping, shaking hands, having a cup of tea, sit down. I'm not doing all that. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting to the point because I'm trying, I've got to get to the point. Yeah. You know, so it, it does make me giggle still after all these years that people will dismiss a telesales person mm-hmm. and have a field sales. Now, telesales will cost you, let's call it 18 grand a year. Field sales will cost you 25 to 30 grand a year. Yeah. That's a car, a laptop, and a phone, and a company credit card, and a petrol card. And yet, you, you tell us, I, I had a, egos aside, did a, a client years ago, and they had these account managers, and they were doing this certain thing, um, and they went to an exhibition, and they, they had a, a, a kind of a bonus on for the account managers, whoever sold the most, whatever it was, to, to new customers, gets a £500 bonus. Mm-hmm. I went, what about the four guys on telesales? Oh, well, I'll tell you what, you have a list of people you invited. After the show, give me the list to me and take off those that Kenny spoke to, and I just want the list of those that didn't come to the exhibition, and I'll phone them. As I wasn't, well, I'll phone those that didn't come, I'll have the same conversation about this new product you want to launch, and um, if I can beat the account managers, then we get the bonus. Well, what if you don't beat them? We don't beat them, I'll pay the bonus to the sales guy. <laughs> we stop doing that sort of stuff. Um, but, and they went, which camera? No, no, I'll take all of your cameras, all six of them, against me on the phone. Needless to say, I didn't pay the department of bonus. The telesales guy got it. But they are just so instantly dismissed sometimes as, okay. well, we've got to have them, but we don't really rate them. And yet, a good telesales person can cover more ground than a field sales person and get just as good a result. 100%, 100%. But less cost. Yeah, I mean, we've had situations for, as a customer where we've had businesses, um, predominantly uh, publications do this. We've had large publications, industry publications, and, we've, and they wanted us to advertise with them, or we've been interested in advertising with them. Yeah. And the person on the call won't close. But, so, but their sales process is to send someone to our offices... Yes. Uh, and to pitch and from a consumer perspective I'm like that's a massive waste of my time because I'm not going to just if you send someone to my office I'm not just going to have a conversation with them about that issue there's going to be do you want a cuppa do you want to sit down yeah. small talk rapport bit, like all of yeah. this stuff that's like, an hour gone yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you have to schedule it and it's just yeah it's, and it's a, but it's, it's also that there's an added cost because they put an extra step into the sales process right yeah an extra 25 grand a year company car mobile phone step into it. Yeah. yeah. So let's say, for example, that piece of might cost you a thousand with them. If they take out that step, it's costing you 750. Yeah. So they'll sell more because it's the, the cost is more palatable. Plus their lead time is shorter. Yeah. Because they've got one less huge sales step. Yeah, exactly. And if they'd be, they'd be wiser to invest in. If, if that's part of their cost to attain a customer, right? They're having a field salesperson go out. Yeah. It's like, get rid of that and use that additional cost, that expense, because uh, it's all part of their cost to get a customer, right? Yeah. And spend it on something that's going to wow me. So if I'd got something in the yeah. post, some lumpy mail, it's just like, 
bloody hell, look, they've sent us all this stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. That's yeah. way more powerful, right, than having someone yeah. turn up on your doorstep. Yeah. Because yeah. you know that's going to cost you an hour. Yeah. yeah. And, on, and from a consumer's perspective, most of these products or services are ancillary products or services. They're not core yeah. products or services, right? Yeah. So most of the time you don't want to spend that time. I remember when I used to work in a bank, do you remember how many times, how many hours a day I would spend on the road? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and meeting all like the portfolio of businesses that yeah. I had to look after. And it was like, you could tell from the guys that I was going, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, Lee's going to come. Another one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a waste of time. I guess that's mitigated a bit now, though, because of the world we're in. I'm assuming there's a lot of kind of Zoom sales things that are going on nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I used, I used to, as a trend, I'd spend half my, or a good third of my life on the motorway or in Starbucks, motor mm-hmm. services and hotel foyers and all that kind of stuff with meetings. Yeah. So I'm loving the fact I'm sitting here and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I drive my car about once a week on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So is that you how know? you see the future? I, no, I think it will be part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, it's, I said to my other half of the day, I can't wait to stick my suit on and go to somebody's boardroom and train some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what I do. Mm. You know, bottom line, that's what, I do, what I've done for years. That's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. Friends of mine call it my happy place. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, get, I, I get very excited and animated while I, while I do training. Um, I've had bets with clients for how long I'm standing still for, and I've not won a bet yet. Um, I, I even have, okay, where is it? you won't see it, I have a, a clicker for the PowerPoints. <laughs> so I can stand at the back of the room and still change the slides. <laughs> it's fun, I love it, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, so I don't think it will 100% stay on screen mm-hmm. uh, but I think there'll be a mixture yeah I think people have realized oh, hang on I can get much more done when I happen to drive to there and then drive to there then go back to the office yeah but, you know people scope it in um, and I think there'll be a mixture that's what we've said yeah I can see I can see more people including invitations for zoom calls within their email yeah. like exchanges for new yeah. customers and stuff I can see how that would yeah. that, that would and I'd never have said that in January of this year yeah I no. never thought that would have been possible. No. So, no, uh, sorry, go on. Well, I've done training of a video for two or three years, did it in Hong Kong, you know, um, and, and it's great, but it wears you out. Mm. Yeah. I always find myself talking louder. <laughs> yes, you're right, yeah. There's no need to, really. Yeah. I have a fairly good webcam with speakers on it, but I, I find myself talking louder. Yeah. Uh, my other half can sit in, in, in the other room in our, in our house and hear what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not the quietest person, to be fair, you know. <laughs> but you do, so you do six hours of that five days a week. Yeah. When I finish Friday, I'm, I'm done in. Yeah, right. You know, so that's there, so why I've started putting the, the headset on mm-hmm. with a mic there. I know I can talk normally now, you know, so just to, to keep it sort of in my head, don't talk so loud, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm, I'm used to, I, I've sat and I've trained, I sat in a, a dining hall of school and trained 65, 16 year olds. On presentation skills, you've got to be loud then. So you know you adapt to your audience, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the look on my face is the same one you've got now, Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds <laughs> oh, good you know? Yeah, it, it was it was so much fun to be fair. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, it, I, I don't think we will. Let's say whenever the normal gets back to us, I don't think we will just laugh after the video anymore. I think people will have certainly the blue chips would have realised that's cost them a lot less. Mm send their guys all around the place or to sit them in the boardroom on Zoom for, for three hours mm-hmm. 
there's a, a, a reduced cost for businesses. I mean, even for me, as a, as a, as a freelancer sort of thing, the business that I run, you know, I mean, I haven't got to get the car, put petrol in, mm-hmm. drive to the Starbucks, find parking, all that kind of stuff. I can sit right here mm-hmm. and have the same meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You know, so I think there'll be a mixture, I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And um, from business to business um, sales, especially cold sales, uh, cold calling, uh, do you have any advice for getting past the gatekeeper? Getting to you, yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, it's yeah, getting past gatekeeper is the same thing about objections. Okay, yeah, but, oh, yeah. But an objection is just a question. If they've got an objection, that's a show of interest. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do their fears about something, so that's a buying signal. So it's not panicking about objections, that they're, they're, they're there for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Gatekeepers are the same. I'll get Lynch to want to leave the house about this, but actually the gatekeeper's job is to put the phone call through. Okay. It's up to you to make that call worth putting through. Right. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way, and, and I'm going to add first of all, <clears throat> that nobody, but nobody, even Mr. Wolf of Wall Street, can sell to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible. Yeah? By the same token, you will not get past every gatekeeper with this. Mm-hmm. But the odds are increased. Now, if you get a phone call, okay, for Lee, and goes, oh, yeah, can you pick a Lee, please? And it's like, oh, it's John. You assume from that that they know Lee. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong? Right, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Same thing with the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that familiarity breeds, breeds comfort. Mm-hmm. So if you just firmly but politely ask for the person you want to speak to, that's going to get the odds in your favour. Mm-hmm. The other thing to do now, what happens after that is often the gatekeeper will go, oh, can I ask what it's about? Or what's concerning? That sort of thing. Yeah, that's and, when it starts to feel like quicksand when they do <laughs> right. that. But the mistake people make is they burst into full-on pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say it's about, I don't know, um, business loans, we'll say. So he's going to give this half a pitch about all this business and the other. Um, and then she's going to, okay, one second. She's going to put it on hold. And turn to, you're going to turn to Lee and go, some bloke about finance? You'll go, oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Done, call finished. Because that person is never going to give your pitch with the passion that you will. Mm-hmm. So what you need is a one or two sentence response to that that makes it, oh, okay. Now, for example, we've just done a, uh, just done stuff with some clients who do um, training in schools, so staff training. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing called the adult education budget, which is a fund that they can draw down on to pay for training for adults. Mm-hmm. So the line we used oh, yeah, good afternoon. Can I speak to, you know, the head or Mrs. Miller, whatever it was, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It's about the um, adult education funding you guys can draw down on. Oh, okay then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah? So just that one line, maybe, oh, you say that to a headmaster. Oh, okay. And especially now when they're in headless chicken mode. Yeah. Bless them, you know. You try to say, oh, there's a guy on the phone about education funding, so finally we can have the training. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. It won't work every time because there's human nature involved. But actually, gatekeepers are relatively simple. And I'm sorry to all those gatekeepers. They do a fabulous job. Um, and they do more than answering phones, to be fair. Yeah. But actually, if you are firm and polite, I, I, I did one training for apprentices in Wales. And this is the sales director. And he was going, Oh, yes, hello. Could I possibly speak to you, please, if that's okay? I'm like, You're a sales director, right? Yeah. So just ask. No. Oh yeah, Nick Jones, please. Who's calling? Oh, John Smith. 
Okay, so, yeah, boom. Yeah. Again, it won't work every time. I have to stress that. But the odds increase if you are firm but polite. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, imagine, you know, Bill Gates. Uh, Peter Bill, please. Gonna be a Richard. Yeah, Branson. But, you know, you know <laughs> go after the one who didn't put that call through. Do you know what I mean? But it's yeah. just that, it's that familiarity with a nice, firm, polite voice is going to get the ball on, on your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've got a nice one sentence that will pique interest, and that's the key on that part, the line she repeats from you has to have in it something to pique their interest. Mm-hmm. Let's say, well, I did, we did the allegation. Oh, it's about the adult education budget you can draw on another funding for training. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we don't have to pay for it. Great. I'll talk about that, you know. Yeah. I can train staff and I ain't got to pay for it. Lovely. Um, you know, it's that one line. I, I, I was on a radio interview like this the other day and they asked the same sort of question. I said, I'm, I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going to first level. There is no one answer to this. Yeah. To any sales, there is no one answer. Because your product's different, your personality's different, your customer's different, and so on. But I'd love to, if there was, there would be three books, there'd be a pamphlet, and it'd be a lot easier, you know? (laughs) So there is no one answer to this stuff. There are several answers to these things, so we to approach it, and you have to pick which one works for you. Yeah. So, for example, Lee, you won't sell like I would, Hmm. because we're not the same person. Yeah. The guy next door won't, you know, so I can give you some advice and some routes to follow, the stuff we do in the sales coaching is how you match that in your words and your personality. Yeah. I can give you the rules. And sales is a game. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest now. But once you understand the rules of the game, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And once you can go through those rules of the game in your own way, because I've given you the understanding of it, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that was a really long answer to one question. But yeah, <laughs> no, it was good. Really good. Well, that's why we want you on. It's like you're sharing your expertise on this, which is really important because there's a lot of people that are going to be watching or listening to this. That I think sometimes they're maybe a victim of the how they project, how they see the problem with sales. Yeah. It's, sometimes the problem is nothing. The sales problem actually has got nothing to do with the act of doing the sales, right? It's they bring up, they bring all this baggage with them before yeah. they even start. We, we, we put up our own walls because we think it's a horrible thing. Yeah. You know, salesmen, after all, are the devil, you know. Yes. Um. And people perceive themselves, as you mentioned, the Wolf of Wall Street. And I think the, the moment they say sales, oh, it's like, oh, have I got to be that person? Yeah. I, I actually had, and, and I never want to go to do sales training and then it's salesmen, but they all, they're all of it. It's, it's egos in the room, you know. <laughs> You've got a dozen salesmen and me. It, it's, room full of egos, you know, and they all want to prove salesmen in a team want to prove they're the best one. Right. And they start that process and that training by trying to heckle me mm-hmm. and take control over me, which is always funny. <laughs> I have, it's in the book. I had a guy say to me, yeah, I've watched Wall Street. I went, all right, somebody's pen. <laughs> and he fell apart. It's just complete answer, but no, somebody's pen. Um, but, you know, you always get that and it, there's a lot of ego. And I think that's part of the problem. Within sales teams, there's a lot of ego because they want to prove they're the best one and all that kind of, and, and that's this kind of image we get of salespeople, that they are evil and underhand and trying to, no. Yeah. The salesman just could be the owner of this business who thinks that what he has will benefit you and give you value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you also, um, people that are naturally outgoing, gregarious, like big personalities, they they don't bring as much baggage to the process of doing a sale 
So they don't worry about it so much, yeah. Yeah, so subsequently they naturally fall into a sales type role. Yeah. And then people don't distinguish between the two activities, like between the personality and the activity, right? It's yeah. like, it's like, oh, you have to be that personality to do that activity. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. It's just that they don't have as many hang-ups about doing that activity as somebody that's not as good. Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly. And I mean, if you go back to gatekeepers, you know, one of the big, talk about those sorts of people, they will often see the gatekeeper as a hurdle. Mm-hmm. Want to get past, get rid of. So they approach it in that way. Yeah. And the gatekeeper goes, oh no, <laughs> that goes the phone, you know? So it's about getting them on your side. Yeah. One piece of advice I always give people this stuff is, when you speak to that gatekeeper, well, before you go, ask their name. Because mm. no one ever asks them that. They try and push them out of the way to get to yeah. the guy I want to close, I want to get a check from. Yeah. Again, it's that mentality of, I want the money. Anything else is in my way. So they'll push past you, but ignore them. You're not, you're not important enough for me to talk to you. Sort of thing. But a, a good PA, which would be a gatekeeper, will run the life of their boss. Mm-hmm. So if you get their name, and next time you phone, go, oh, well, hi, Kate, yeah, it's Stuart from such and such. You do that a couple of times. They then go to their boss. Do you know what? It's that chap Stuart from the phone. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, go on. Because they trust their PA. Yeah. yeah. But the gatekeeper trusts you and the MD trusts the gatekeeper. See where I'm going with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah? But most salespeople, the type you've just explained, you know, the pinstripe suit, force it out. As we said, Kate, you know, closing, got to get the check. Yeah. They see them as a hurdle. A hurdle they want to push out of the way. Yeah. You're stopping me getting my check, so please move. Yeah, yeah. Gatekeepers aren't that, they know that. Mm-hmm. So just treat them nicely, treat them like equals, like another human being, because they are, and it's, it will benefit you much better. Yeah, and what I really like is the fact that you've created, uh, that you've, this is your third book now. Yes, and, it is. Um, so it, the fact that you adopt an approach that this is a, this is something to learn, this is something you should study, and yeah. and you and I have talked about this a lot. And we've talked about it to franchisees because you've always said, "I don't do sales, I don't do that." Yeah, and well, that's partly what was interesting about obviously finding you and bringing you on today is that I've been through a kind of sales journey the last few weeks because we have our um, business smiley booth that Lee mentioned, which is very much on ice at the moment because it's in the events industry. Um, And we've started a new startup, Um, Mm. but it's something that I'm very passionate about, which has really helped me with the sales process, because as you said at the beginning, I really believe in the product and I really believe that it's of benefit to the people that I'm speaking to, um, which has helped me immensely, hasn't it? Yeah, but it is a it is a process to learn as opposed to, oh, you're, as you said at the beginning, it's like born with it or whatever it is. It's it's nonsense. It's, 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 It's a strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah, because if you're quite shy like me, <laughs> that never works. One day it will. Um, you know, the thing is, you're right. You know, if you if you believe in the product service you, you've got, if you believe that it will benefit your customers, mm-hmm. and you don't feel horrible after you've sold it to them, yeah, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've just said that you know you don't do sales, mm-hmm. so let me give you a scenario, right? So, um. You want to do something, really want to do something, but Lee doesn't. Do you end up doing that thing afterwards? <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> Probably 50-50 on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good closing rate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. But that, you know, that, that sales, yeah, it's yeah. you persuading him to do the thing that you want to do that yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's a that's naughty sales, you know, but 
actually, if you show him value, what you're going to do, yeah. or what you want to do, he's going to go, well, oh, yeah, okay then. Yeah, That's yeah. sales. So actually, we all do sales. Mm. We can all explain to somebody about the benefit of the business that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just talking. You know, if you're just sat around in, in the public a few minutes and you're chatting, you can, you can give across those benefits. Mm. That's sales. Yeah. The problem people have is when they start thinking it's sales. Mm. Yeah. But I'm selling now, you know? Yeah. So we can all have that conversation, talk to somebody about what we do and the benefits it gives and how it helps customers, all that kind of stuff. The difficulty arises when we start to do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we go, oh, I better sell this afternoon. And that's where the problem starts. They'll go, oh, I've got to sell now. Oh, crikey, that's horrible. Yeah. And the reality is, if there are, like, your, your micro-type small businesses out there, um, they're going to be running on far smaller teams, more than likely, yeah. thanks to 2020. Um, yeah. Roles that... The, the owners of the businesses may have hoped to have been farming out like the sales roles and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Those be things that now they have to do the picking up the phone. They have to do that bit because they're running on such a short, small amount. Or if you're just starting out, like if you, if you haven't got sales as the, one of the first things that you nail from the outset, you're going to, you're going to struggle a lot in terms of getting off the ground, aren't you? Especially going into 2021 yeah. and beyond. Yeah, definitely. Oddly enough, when, when I first started that book, I went, I can do it here. I, um, I actually wrote a dozen letters. I said wrote, typed up, and picked up, and sent out letters. And that's where I got my first job from, my mm-hmm. first project, with letters. Yeah. You know, and it's all email and LinkedIn and Instagram, and what else now? But actually, I dropped my book, I said, I like getting post. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's... Well, that's quite nice. Yeah, but that's the. But then I I get the older, and you know. Yeah, but that's why you should be doing letters now. It's because, and and that's why I say about the sales calls and the Zoom and all this kind of stuff. It's the world has gone, it's gone too. In my view, anyway, there's too much automation because there's so much noise. And when you can do something that's we're about one of our marketing strategies is to send out what uh, we refer to as lumpy mail, right? The lumpy mail strategy. So it's. This stuff yeah. in an envelope that people receive because yeah. you have to try and get above the noise that people are getting yes. all day long, the yeah. distraction. Yeah, what 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 one one kind of first lockdown in March all kicked in, everyone went social media. Yeah. Everyone. And ninety five percent of us have no clue what we're doing. No. So it's just utter chaos. Yeah. And those that do it for a living were like, oh please stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I am I am not the biggest fan of social media. I'm on LinkedIn. That's it. Yeah. I, I have a Facebook account, but it's got about 100 people on it. <laughs> yeah. And those who are doing my phone anyway, you know. But in terms of the business, I'm LinkedIn and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I get asked, and again, thank you for this, I get asked to do this sort of stuff quite regularly. Yeah. Which is, I've done, you know, a lot of them I've done a couple of radio shows and a couple of podcasts and all sorts of pieces. And I've, been, I've spoken at, I think, about a dozen events. And, and I, I love that for it because, I'm all for telling everyone I know what I know. Yeah, because <laughs> well, you're because well, you're passionate about it. Yeah. So yes, and that's and that comes across, right? And that's why people should buy your book and should listen to your stuff. I, I, I do. It has been known for me to get a tiny bit excited about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important because it's like it, with your business, it's about under. It's like you have value that y- yeah. you want to give to somebody else, right? And yes. 
and all of us in business, it, it, that's we're very passionate about the thing we do. We mm-hmm. want it's very few people that are involved in something that isn't that. Certainly in the SME space, that isn't yeah. in something that then. Oh, I, I would say generally that's that's the SME space. They've gone to start because they're good at something. They love doing what they do, yeah. and they want to do it for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's where I come in because they got into that business to be a designer or whatever else it might be. They don't get into business themselves to have to sell it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, well, that where the panic is, you know. And I think it's important to realise that when, when you're not getting through to somebody that you need to speak to or you've not had that yes or whatever that you're looking for, that it, it, a lot of the time you're, you're just trying to still cut through the noise. And that's what we've yeah. had with what we're doing at the moment. Gosh, we're, yeah. we're going into the care home space. And, mm. you know, they're up to, they really need our product, but they are up to their eyes in vaccinations and restrictions and all of this yeah. stuff that... It's just another thing being thrown at them at the yeah. moment, and so it, it, yeah, it's, it's like trying to talk to schools at the moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just important. Not not a chance. Yeah. We're just trying to keep afloat for the minute, mate. I can't worry about thinking anything else other than keeping the doors open and the kids educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they don't want it. It's just it's, it means they it, can't cope with anything. See, really. we always used to joke that no means not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Unless they say to you, "Never speak to me again, or I'll sue you," <laughs> then no means not now. Yeah, yeah. But and, and with the B two C space, we sort of say, "But look, so let's say you've just phoned a bloke who today is trying to be very redundant. Mm. He don't want to talk to you or no. talk to anybody. No. But if you phone him and he's just been given a pay rise, yeah, he'll talk to anybody you like. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with B two B stuff. If a business is, it's like you don't go on the phone, um, you know, a school at the end of term. No. I haven't got time for that now. Yeah, Those yeah. two days, you know, and that's just an example, you know, or, or phone schools now trying to ask them for money mm-hmm. isn't working so well because yeah. Yeah. they've got so much else going on. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point because it, you can, as a small business owner, you can then be thinking, oh, maybe I've got the wrong product, maybe pro- my product's not or good enough. Me, I'm, I'm yeah, really bad it's, this yeah. yeah. Or and you do all this yeah. introverted fiddling around when actually the real issue is just timing. Yeah, that's just yeah. So timing can very often be the, the biggest hurdle. Mm-hmm. It, it's like we all say, if you're doing BC, you're phoning consumers and you're phoning households, you don't phone between three and four. Yeah. Because yeah. it's school run time. Yeah. yeah. They haven't got time to talk to you now. Yeah. You know, it, uh, <laughs> although the best one I heard was I was, I was helping um, run a, a, a telesource team that were doing BC till about 12 o'clock at night. And, um, they'd had a, a, a bad night. And I went, any thoughts, guys? I thought, why? And somebody went, oh, yeah, it's the British Civil Wars tonight. <laughs> really? That's what we're going with, you know. <laughs> and the, December's always fun because everybody goes, oh, well, nobody's buying. It's December. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All they're doing in December is buying. Yeah. yeah. I spent a blinking fortune in December on Christmas and I thought, what else? Mm. And not like that. We had um, the clutch go on the car as well. Yeah. So all we've done, all everyone's doing in December is buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd welcome that chance to buy something other than Christmas presents. Yeah. It's not festive. Absolutely, I'll talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we make excuses. We find reasons why it didn't work. Yeah. That's just human nature. Yeah. The, the, the bottom line with sales is you will not sell to everyone every time. Mm-hmm. I don't care how fantastic your product is. Nobody can sell to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just not possible. 
Is because it? so much other stuff, variables takes over. Yeah, and it is a numbers game, right? It is just about just keep the more if 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 you convert if you understand that okay, if I talk to ten people, I convert three, then I just got to keep speaking to ten. I, I'm I'm gonna take you a step back on that, Lee. Actually, with the numbers game thing, it's not a frame that massively fond of. Okay. Oh really? Um, because well, and I'll explain. Um, that we've all heard the phrase "practice makes perfect," right? Right. But if you're doing it wrong, <laughs> yeah. Like, once you practice it, it's still wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I used to have this with an old servant by this. I've been ongoing about this. So we decided to perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. So get it right, know that it works, then by all means, it's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know what you're doing works, therefore it will work again. Yeah. It won't work on everyone because of timing and whatever else it is. But actually, it becomes a numbers game, whether it's field sales or marketing or whatever else it is. It becomes a numbers game once it's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're yelling and screaming down people down the phone, it doesn't matter how many people you speak to, they're not going to say yes. Yeah. yeah. Or if what, you know, if the cost is wrong, whatever, whatever reason it is, you know, you need to make sure that what you're doing is, is, is working first. Yeah. So say, yes, I will agree it is a numbers game, but I'm going to take you back a step, get it right first, no, I always say when they're when they're new to sales, when you've done a pitch that works, write that stuff down. Yeah. yeah. And do that again. Yeah. Because if it worked once, it'll work again. Mm-hmm. See, that's the second time you've kind of referenced something like that on this um, today, where there's almost like a script element to when you're having a discussion. So you're somebody who's a, an advocate of having some kind of scripts. Some kind of scripting around no. a call. No? No. no. <laughs> so, to, 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 again, I'll explain. Um, <laughs> if you're training somebody, you need a script. Right. Because they need some structure. Mm-hmm. Like a frame. So, let's term it that instead. Mm-hmm. They need structure to their approach. It's called a script, but actually, it's, it's a structured approach. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you start forgetting stuff, or you say the wrong thing, or they got up and you go, oh, damn, I didn't have to do it, you know. So, script for me is a structured approach. Mm-hmm. Now, when I train telesales staff, we always write a script, and I, I despise those. Um, Hello, how are you today? My name is. Don't ever say that in front of me because I'll, I'll, it makes me to tears, you know? Yeah. Because all it does, and tip for the day, if you phone somebody and say, Hello, my name is Lee. I'm calling from such and such. How are you today? All that does is announce to me. That, that's a sales call. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, no, thank you. Arms <laughs> folded. Yeah, no, thanks. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah? Because yeah? we don't talk like that normally. No. If we'll get on the phone, they, 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 it gets in the head, you know? So none of my scripts will ever say that on it. <laughs> mm. And you get the whole thing where, hi, I'm Lee. We're a great business. We've done this, this, and somebody else. You should be using us. With the value in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why on earth would I want to carry on that conversation? Yeah. You've given me no value or no reason to keep talking to you. Yeah. Yeah? So change around how you approach it. Yeah. Don't do that stuff. There's yeah. other ways to do a better way. Things like saying, actually, before I go on, can I just check? If I was to talk about blah, 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 would that be you that handles that? Mm. Yeah. And you go, oh, yeah, it is, actually. Oh, no, it's so-and-so. Oh, are they right? Yeah. That's a much nicer way. Still no value, but it's actually a much nicer way than me just launching into half my pitch before you said a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, 
you know, there's, and I've kind of lost my whole train of thought now, sorry. <laughs> what was I explaining? Scripts. And it's <laughs> I not get too scripts. excited. It's not right, scripts, yes. it's so, framework. Yeah, it, it's a structured approach. So we give the telesales guys a script so they can get the practice in, but I give them two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I say to them, on, on the third Monday, I'm taking that off you. Mm-hmm. Got you. You best be able to do it. So I would always suggest bullet points, if you like, mm-hmm. you know, on, you know, on the screen in front of you, whatever it is, or on your desk, have some bullet points, especially you don't miss anything when you're first starting, but be able to join those 10 bullet points together in a conversation. Yeah, because you can hear it, right? When like you, We all have that experience when we're on a call with somebody, whatever business it is, and then they go into script mode mm-hmm. and they're yeah. just reading it off and there's this monotoned blah, 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 that they've read a hundred times already today. Yeah. You can sense it, you can pick it up, can't you? I, I, I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that I can read it once and deliver it. Mm-hmm. I've written hundreds, possibly thousands of, of structured conversations over the years, and I've taught I don't know how many thousands of people to do it. And the amount of times I've sat in with new teams, and they're going through the script, and I'll go, they'll go, what do you mean? Let me show you. And I'll pick it up, and verify I've read it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I have that ability to have a conversation, I'll just chat through it. Mm-hmm. And they, they do this. <laughs> how do you do that it's called a conversation yeah I know the main points I'm just going to talk to Kate about those main points and fill the gaps in with my conversation yeah so I, I guess yes I'm an advocate of scripts in the first instance because you need if somebody's new to it they need to have a structured conversation don't miss anything mm-hmm. but get rid of that as soon as you can don't use it as a crutch get rid of it as soon as you can and have the conversation the other thing on that, if you've got a team of 10, we'll say, and um, eight of them are having a great month and two of them aren't, if they are using the same structured conversation, you have a place to start looking for the mistakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if they're all saying 10 different things, yeah. as the manager or the boss, you have no idea where to start looking to find the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are, there, you know, there are pros and cons. Yes, somebody wants that. I'm going to pitch you now to my script. You know, nobody wants to hear that. And we all, it sounds like mild, doesn't it? But you also want a good structured conversation. Yeah. From a business point of view, you need to know that what your guys are saying is approximately the same. Because you'll have 10 different modes, so they'll, they'll deliver those 10 points in a different way. But you know they're following that reasonable structure. Mm-hmm. So if it starts to fail to some of them, you know where to start looking. Yeah. And that sounds like, so are you following the, the, the script of somebody else? Oh, well, no, I don't own people. Well, there we go then. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yes, I'm an advocate, but let's not rely on it too much, sort of. So again, to a cold lead, how would you kind of introduce yourself, your product, your service without, you know, I'm calling from or I'm so-and-so? How would you kind of start that ball rolling? You can still do that bit, but you don't say my name is. Right, yeah. Okay. If, if you if you meet someone for the first time at a networking event, you go, oh, hi, I'm Kate. Yeah. They go, hello, my name is Kate. You know, <laughs> too four. But it just announces that, yeah, it's just it's just so, so false, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. That's a hard one to landscape because there are thousands of different products and services. Yeah. So it's it's related to what sort of things. But um, the one thing I wouldn't do, so I'll do it the other way around if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do is start telling them how great you are and how you've helped everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Because everyone else is my competition mm-hmm. and you've helped them. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in my mind, I'm thinking, great, you've helped everyone else, now you're coming to me. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for being laughed on the lip, you know. So you want, but what you don't want to do 
it is pitch what is called a um, in the motor world a tire kicker. Mm-hmm. Somebody who comes in, looks at a car, pokes it around, and says, "I'm never, never going to buy." It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you don't want to do is do your best pitch ever to the receptionist. Yeah. yeah. Nice practice, but that's a waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing I would say to do is to make sure you're the right person you speak to. Yeah. Before you launch into your wonderful repertoire, make sure that your person you're going to do that to is the right person. Mm-hmm. So I was you now, Lee. Like, oh, hi, Lee. Yeah, it's Stuart from such and you know. Um, can I just chat sort of before I bore you to death with what I'm going to say? Are you the person still that deals with such and such? You mm-hmm. are. That's brilliant. And then because that's conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's me chatting, making sure you know. I, don't, I, I know you're busy, Lee. I don't know waste time if it's not you know an issue you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You give me a product, I'll write it properly for you. But that's mm-hmm. generally the approach you want to take. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's the right person first. Sales is all about, you'll have a pain point, mind of a salesperson to find out what your pain point is, match the benefits with it, so it's not a pain point anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how you build your script. There's a, there's a thing called um, AIDA, which all these new out-of-the-box sales trends will tell you is old hat. I would argue, because I'm still teaching now, and it still works. Mm-hmm. And it's attention, interest, desire, action. Mm-hmm. It's used in marketing. It's been around since probably 1856. So please don't tell me that doesn't work, because if that's it that long, something's yeah. going right, you know? <laughs> yeah, we haven't changed all, that much as human beings <laughs> in that time. Exactly. And then I, I, I say it in the book, all this, oh, got to get out of the box. No. There's nothing wrong with stuff in the box. In the box works. Stop trying to be clever with it. Stop trying to reinvent it. In fact, someone said about the... I don't know. Let me read it. Um, finally, a book that doesn't try and reinvent the sales wheel. Because okay. it works. Yeah. The content selling hasn't changed in a hundred odd years. Mm-hmm. So the AIDA's attention. So when you speak to them, be that face-to-face or on the phone. So face-to-face is, I'm in my suit. I shake your hand properly, look you in the eye, say hello. On the phone, it's the tone of voice you use. They get their attention. They think, okay, yeah, Kate sounds nice. I'll carry on talking to her. Or Kate was polite. I shook my hand. I'll, throw, I'll let her do her bit, you know. Interest is a bit of a talk about your um, your product, your service, or what you offer. Mm-hmm. That's not to pique their interest, oddly enough. Um, and that's your features type stuff. Yeah, you're having your rapport build. You're chatting about a few things. You, that kind of. Then you go into the D, which is desire. Now you're really getting into it now. Now, we all know the phrase, you know, in the mind's eye, all that sort of stuff. The desire part of your conversation is more rapport build because your rapport doesn't stop once you start pitching. It's still in there. Mm-hmm. It runs alongside, yeah? Um, but that desire phase is you making the person you're speaking to realize, actually, if I had this, my life is much easier. Yeah. Or it wouldn't cost me as much or a bit more efficient or whatever else it is. That, that's you really making a thing. Oh, wow. That's you building value. Mm-hmm. And in action, it's like great. That ends you want. That's your close. Yeah, yeah. That's simple, really. Yeah. And that's that's the structure around which you write your script. Yeah. Well, and it's so important to have a structure when you're having a conversation with somebody around sales, right? You need to have yeah. like understand where you are in that framework. Yeah. Otherwise, you miss stuff. Yeah. You forget to tell them stuff. They don't have all the information. You need them. To make an educated decision based on what you told them. Yeah. So if you only tell them eight out of the ten things, they can't make an informed decision. Yeah. Then they go, need to check with so and so. Yeah. 
because you didn't build value. Yeah. Or you didn't. And I said right at the start, but it, yeah, blue. if you <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. You know, so yes, if you have that structure, and and the thing is, once you've done it a hundred times in a month, it's much more casual and relaxed, yeah. and it's an absolute conversation. Mm-hmm. And you just suddenly go, I'm going to pitch it now. But that, that's critical. What you just said, though, that once you've done it x number of times, yeah. right? Because that's where most people fail. They they try it a couple of times and they go, oh, it's really uncomfortable, and then they don't do it again. And then it's yeah. this, it's always this monster lurking in the background. Yeah, that absolutely. They to go to. Yeah. And, and I'll go back to the questions: Are you good at what you do? Does it benefit people? And do you feel horrible after you've sold it to them? Mm-hmm. If you're yes, yes, no, the job's half done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because talking about it and knowing it's going to benefit them, that's the easy part. Yeah. And, and, and again, if you build that value, and I keep saying it, but if you don't build any value to them, why the heck would they buy it? Yeah. Or have the service or whatever it is. If there's no value to them, I don't want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've often talked about it. It's, it's almost a, it's a disservice if you're not telling somebody about it. If, mm. if you yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you love what you do and you're good at it, tell everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And some of them will give you money for it. Yeah. That's sales. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So when... it's, it's, uh, is really not difficult. Yeah. Once you understand it, and let's say that's why it's called Cat and I have to give kudos to my lovely Nicola. She named the book, not me. Um and and picked the picture as well. So I, I just wrote the stuff and I don't <laughs> <Teamwork>. <laughs> um, so I have to give a kudos to that. But it, it worked because cancer means I don't understand the basics, I don't understand the technical side, so I can have read the textbook. So good. And then the won't sell is is the fear of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things that we get past in the book and actually the training course of the same name. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it gets past. Yeah. We can all talk about our business. The fear we have, because salesmen are the devil, is that, oh, I've got to stop selling now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the butterflies do some assault, the cold sweats, I'd rather chew glass. <laughs> yeah. But actually, once you understand the game, add that to, I love a business and it benefits people, you know, it's, it's a done deal. Yeah. 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 So where can our listeners and viewers find out more about you? Find your book, find your course if they want to. Um, the website is um, talentdevelopment.uk. Mm-hmm. Uh, email is stuart at talentdevelopment.uk. Okay, um, the books are on Amazon. Yeah, um, yeah that's probably the easiest way. <laughs> well, we're going to put some links uh, yeah, we'll of all links. your stuff uh, alongside the podcast for anybody listening or watching this. It will be all the links will be on the YouTube and on our on the, all the podcast stuff and on Smiling Entrepreneurs website as well. Yeah, but uh, this has been awesome. Yeah. It's been really good hearing your take on sales and everything else because I think people need to hear this stuff now. Yeah. Going into yeah. like after having. A pretty troublesome 2020. It might be that they're going on new adventures or whatever it is, and this is a fundamental part. So leaning on your yeah, expertise. It, it, it's the, the, the course stuff, the cancer workshop course, has done really well. Pure as people have gone, oh, I can't rely on my usual methods now. I need to go and find some customers. Yeah. But I don't have any idea how. Yes. So they meet me at a networking thing, and they go, Stu, can we talk? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I made this comment in a, a radio interview the day about being a trainer and when I'm training people it's not about me and my ego and how wonderful am I they should leave that room in the day knowing what I know yes that's what a trainer is yeah I'm not going to show you how great I am and then make it great me yeah. if you like but that's not the reason <laughs> but you know it's about taking what's in my head and that's what I get all excited about 
and giving you the information that you can go and do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been great. Sales is easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. Yeah, it's been fantastic. You. No, no, my pleasure. Good. Yeah. <laughs> now I get selling. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, you first, Kate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know how I get on. <laughs> <laughs>